Human OS. Learn. Master. Achieve. And what we found that during the day when the fish is away, the DNA damage is increased. It's increased and increased, and if you sleep deprive the fish, it's even more increased. So as long as the fish is away, the DNA damage is accumulated. Why do we sleep? Part of what makes sleep so fascinating as a field of research is big, important questions like this remain somewhat of a mystery. From an evolutionary perspective, sleep is not without its consequences. It diminishes our awareness of the environment, leaving us vulnerable to predators and to other threats. We can't procreate while we're sleeping, and we can't find food or build shelters during this period either. Yet we spend nearly a third of our lives doing it. It's a lot of time. And we know that disturbances to our sleep have serious deleterious impact on both our health and functioning, both physical and mental. In fact, prolonged sleep deprivation ultimately results in death. All of this together suggests that sleep is very important. But an essential function for sleep remains somewhat elusive. We do know that the processes of sleep facilitate restoration and repair of the body. For example, endogenous antioxidant systems are more efficient while we are asleep, helping to maintain redox homeostasis across a 24-hour period and protect the nervous system from oxidative damage. In my discussion with Professor Mimi Shirazuhiza, she described her work in fruit flies that got more sleep had greater resistance to oxidative stress, while flies that slept less are more vulnerable to oxidative challenge. And interestingly, flies that express high levels of antioxidant genes show both lower reactive oxygen species and also reduce need for sleep. This suggests a bidirectional relationship between oxidative signals and sleep and wakefulness. It's also been suggested that sleep may be involved in DNA repair. For example, a study out of Hong Kong this year found that on-call doctors who were required to work overnight showed a decrease in DNA repair gene expression compared to doctors who did not work overnight. Just a single night of sleep deprivation resulted in greater DNA damage in the form of double-stranded DNA breaks. And similarly, Judith Carroll out of UCLA showed that only one night of sleep deprivation increased markers of DNA damage and correspondingly increased markers of senescence. It seems that there is a connection between sleep and DNA repair. And so when I saw this study by Associate Professor Lior Applebaum from Bar Ilan University in Israel with new evidence on the subject, I was keen to get him on the show. And so I'm delighted that he is here with me today. Lior, welcome to Human OS Radio. Thank you for the invitation. Let's start broadly here. Do all animals sleep? Until today, all animals are tested showed sleep behavior based on behavioral criteria. And it is suggested that all animals with nervous system do sleep. It's all about the definition of sleep. How do you define sleep? With animals, you define it by behavioral criteria. And in humans also, in some mammals and birds, we know that we can detect their EEG patterns. But you guys were looking at another animal model, the zebrafish. So how do you define sleep in that animal model? So in mammals and birds and a little bit in lizard too, you can define the sleep by two criteria. One is behavioral criteria and the other is EEG activity. However, in a less developed vertebrate like a fish and of course in invertebrate, the sleep is defined solely by behavioral criteria. And thanks to this criteria, we can define sleep even in jellyfish, for example, like two or three years ago, a group from California defined sleep even in jellyfish. So all animals sleep. Also in zebrafish, we define sleep in the last two decades almost now. We define sleep by behavioral criteria, meaning that zebrafish, for example, are diurnal animals. So they will sleep more or be less active during the night. They will respond to homeostatic pressure for, to sleep deprivation. 
and will demonstrate sleep rebound in the following day if you sleep deprived and during the night. They will show increase of erosion threshold during sleep and of course circadian control, a specific posture. Typically they sleep on the bottom of the tank or on the top of the tank. All those criteria showed that indeed, like all other animals, fish also sleep. Besides from being able to observe those behavioral characteristics, are there other reasons why zebrafish make for a useful organism for studying the brain or yes. at sleep process? Yeah, so since now it's the mid-90s, zebrafish in general became a very, very popular model to study in, in neuronal circuits, development, or developmental disease because of several reasons. One, it's very easy to maintain them and grow them. They are small, so you can put many of them in a, a small room. And they are very resilient. They survive different temperature and different pH, etc. And second, is amenable for genetic manipulation, like Drosophila or C. elegans or other invertebrates. It's relatively easy to prepare transgenic fish, to put green fluorescence proteins, or to do the opposite, to do mutants. So using the CRISPR and other system, it's relatively easy to establish a mutant fish. And then the main advantage, and this is why they were chosen also to this study, is that they are transparent. So, and it's very unique for a vertebrate to be transparent. And if we want to study the brain in mammals, it's relatively difficult because the brain is hidden within the opaque cranium and you need to either kill the animal or open a small window or image a very superficial region of the brain. And in fish, the whole brain is transparent, so basically you can image the activity of the entire brain and in a single cell resolution in a transparent live animal. Fascinating. Yeah. So tell us more about this study. What were you looking at and how did you conduct the study? Two questions initiate this study. First is why do we sleep? And second, can we find a marker to define sleep in addition to behavior and animals? As we know, there is many, many functions for sleep. I would like just to highlight the memory consolidation, synaptic plasticity, and of course the cellular reason that you raise different macromolecule synthesis, metabolite clearance, etc. And we saw that sleep is fundamental to the single neuron. If we think about jellyfish or a C. elegans or a worm that sleep and they all have nervous systems, so we thought maybe a single neuron requires sleep or maybe a single neuron sleep. And then you need to find another definition to what we call sleep because when we say EEG, we obviously think about the network and the entire brain. And when we think about the cellular function of sleep, we can look at the single cell and see whether its behavior or its properties are changing during sleep and wake. And for this, to do cell biology experiment in live animals, zebrafish is a perfect model because it's transparent and you can manipulate genes relatively easily and you can do all those cell biology experiments inside the brain of a live animals during the day and during the night, during sleep and during wakefulness. And several groups show that transcriptome, for example, change a lot during sleep and wake. Cell and nuclear processes change between sleep and wake. And heterochromatin or DNA found on the basic of all those changes. So this is why, where we decide to try to visualize the dynamics of a chromosome or chromatin inside a single cell and to see whether those dynamics that reflect transcription, repair, and many other processes of the cell, whether those dynamics change between sleep and wake. You were interested to evaluate chromosome dynamics 
the changes in chromatin and transcriptome in the nucleus over a 24-hour period, but particularly during sleep, what's the relationship between chromosome dynamics and, for instance, DNA repair? Before I jump to repair, I just want to say what we found. So initially, we just studied the dynamics, and okay. we compare day versus night, sleep versus wake. And what we find is that sleep increase, not reduce, increase chromosome dynamic, which was kind of surprising because if you think about sleep in a single cell, you think about that everything may be going down, I mean, reduced during the night when the fish go to sleep. But actually what we found is a gain of function. We found that chromosome dynamics increase during sleep. And it happened not only when we compare the day versus night, it can happen also with pharmacology experiment. For example, if you put the fish to sleep using melatonin, which is a strong sleep-promoting hormone in fish. So even during the day, if you treat it with melatonin, chromosome dynamics increase during the day. So with this and other experiments, we correlate the increase of chromosome dynamics with sleep. And we did it in different neurons, in different regions inside the live fish. And then, like you said, the next question was, okay, so chromosome dynamic increase during sleep. Why? How does it help a single neuron and eventually the entire fish? And what's the beneficial role of this increased chromosome dynamics? And this is where we enter the field of double strand break or DNA damage. And several groups, like you said, showed it already. The double strand break is in a reduced during the night. And we study this also in a fish. And what we found is that during the day, when the fish is awake, the DNA damage is increased. It's increased and increased, and if you sleep deprived the fish, it's even more increased. So as long as the fish is awake, the DNA damage is accumulated. You mentioned the doctor's experiment, and when they sleep deprived them for the whole night, DNA damage is increased in the fish. However, once the fish go to sleep, DNA damage is reduced until it reaches a baseline level and you can start your next day with the same amount, more or less, like the previous morning. So you basically normalize the amount of double strand break. And this is the opposite than chromosome dynamics because during the night, chromosome dynamic increase and during the night, uh, double strand break is reduced. If we think about correlation, this suggests that for some reason, increased chromosome dynamics enable more efficient repair. So in this paper, we also did a causal experiment and we manipulate chromosome dynamics to see what will be the effect on double strand break. And indeed, when we inhibited chromosome dynamic, meaning when we didn't let the chromosome move in a single cell, not in the entire fish, we choose a few cells. When with genetics, we could inhibit chromosome dynamics in a few cells in a few regions. And then we compare it to cells that were free of this overexpression. So to cells that they can increase chromosome dynamics during the night, we found that in those cells that cannot increase the chromosome dynamics, double strand break is accumulated even during the night, even when the fish go to sleep. Sleep is essential to increase chromosome dynamic, which eventually enables the efficient repair during the night, during sleep. When I was reading the paper, it got me thinking of modern society and how a lot of people will get less sleep during the week and try to catch up on the weekend. And while yeah. that might make you feel a little bit better, it's not that you shouldn't try to get more sleep when you're deficient. Your work lends itself to the idea that this is not a perfect way to get sleep in our world. Instead of getting damaged during the day and repairing at night, you're accumulating damage for five days in a row. 
I know that your study didn't look on that specifically, but you could imagine that you are accelerating DNA damage with that relationship with sleep, sleep loss during the week, sleep catch up on the weekends. Yeah, maybe about this, we study everything in fish. So we, of course, we think that sleep is very conserved, especially in vertebrates. And we think that our finding in fish uh, reflect a similar finding in human and based on research with a physician. What we suggest is indeed similar to what you said. You accumulate damage and at some point, this damage in specific cells can cause permanent damage. But at least in our experiment, we saw that sleep can always recover this damage. And whether or not chronic sleep deprivation will eventually lead to a problem and disorders, this still need to study. The whole sleep field, we know that sleep is beneficial to the brain. If you don't sleep, your performance is reduced, your memory consolidation is reduced, then you perform less good in the test or whatever. But we just suggest a mechanism. We suggest that this is maybe happen because you accumulate DNA damage in specific neurons. I'd love to see a prospective study that aimed to evaluate DNA damage over time in humans. Of course, we know that people that sleep less, that do shift work, have really drastically increased rates of cancer and diabetes and heart disease. So we see that matching up. And this is a potential mechanism here. So I know that's speculative, but it makes sense to me. I would look at a neurodegenerative disease more than cancer because mm-hmm. we look, of course, on neurons and undiv- that they're not divided in cells. So what we think is that if you accumulate DNA damage in those neurons, eventually it will lead to apoptosis rather than cancer or whatever. And of course, we know that neurodegenerative disease also associated with sleep disturbance. Maybe this is one of the mechanisms. Is this phenomenon specific to neurons or does it occur in other cells throughout the body? Have you been able to visualize this fluctuation in chromosome dynamics in other cell types so far? This is a very important question. To answer this question, you need to visualize chromosome dynamics in all other cell types. But we, for now, try it only in two other cell types. We try endothelial cell of the vascular system, and we also try in Schwann cells, in the glial cell, basically. Mm. And in both the cell types, we didn't find any differences in chromosome dynamics or in double strand break between day and night. They both have dynamics, but it doesn't seem that there is any differences between day and night or between sleep and wake. So this suggests that maybe this phenomena is specific to neuron, but of course we need to test other cell types, like especially cells that are active, muscle cells or cells in the heart, and to see whether or not chromosome dynamics change between day and night. But for now, what we suggest is that this is specific to the excitable neurons. Could this be a contributing factor in homeostatic sleep drive? Neurons accumulate DNA damage during wakefulness, and consequently you start to feel sleepy because the brain needs the time and energy afforded by sleep to perform that DNA repair. Do you think that that process is contributing somewhat to the feeling of sleepiness that an organism has over time? Yes. So we think this is one of the homeostatic signals. So for example, we did in this paper, we did an experiment where we, during the day, when the fish are awake already, we induce double strand break with opposite, which is a chemical that is well known to induce robust double strand break. And indeed in the fish, it's also induced double strand break, but it did not affect either chromosome dynamics or sleep because if they were treated with a chemical, they stay awake and chromosome dynamic was low as it always during wakefulness. However, when we let the fish recover from the drug, one hour and two hours after the recovery, the fish increase their sleep by twofold even more. 
This increase in sleep was followed by increase in chromosome dynamics and later reduction of the amount of double strand break back to normal level. So indeed, we think that you can induce, you become more tired, let's say, if you gain, if you accumulate double strand break. Were there any specific markers of the double-stranded DNA breaks that might be the signal mediating the effect of DNA breaks into the homeostat? We don't know the molecule or the markers that signal the brain that you accumulate damage. I can just speculate about all those repair proteins that are well-known, all those repair systems that somehow signal outside the cell that we have a lot of DNA damage. Of course, neuronal activity itself, maybe. But no, for now, we don't know what is the signal future work that we work on, try to find those molecules. Speaking of which, you've had this finding that's garnered a lot of attention. What's your next steps in terms of taking what you know now and trying to advance the knowledge? What are your next experiments going to look like? There is many. One of them we just said to try to understand how the brain knows that a specific region is in the specific neurons that accumulate the DNA damage that requires sleep. Where in the brain is the regions that are important for this accumulation of DNA damage? Another question is what's the difference between wake-active versus sleep-active neurons? Because as we all know very well, the brain is very active also during sleep. So maybe the phenomenon will be very different between sleep-active versus wake-active neurons. And one more thing that will be very important also that we plan to study in the future is, of course, other organisms. What we found is in zebrafish, but is it true also in jellyfish? Is it true also in mice? Is it true also in drosophila? To try to understand if those changes in chromosome dynamics and the differences in repair is also true for other organisms, as we currently suggest, but never tested. Last question for you. Was melatonin necessary in this process? Was that the signal that allowed for the change in nuclear maintenance chromosome dynamics to occur? The two experiments that we did, we treat the fish with melatonin and it's increased chromosome dynamics, but it's also induced sleep. And in a mutant fish without melatonin signaling that also showed reduced sleep during the night, we didn't find any differences between day and night in chromosome dynamics. So in those mutants that sleep less during the night, and in general, their sleep architecture is different than wild type, we didn't see any differences between day and night. But this doesn't suggest that it's the melatonin, it's just the sleep. So you cannot say that melatonin is essential. You can try to manipulate sleep with other methods like we did for sleep deprivation or whatever, and it came up with the same effect. There wasn't a scenario where you had low melatonin but normal sleep or converse and then saw some alterations because that's a huge issue in our society speculating here, but we live in environments rich with artificial light in the evening. So our darkness period is much less than our ancestors, even though your melatonin levels are building up hours before you even go to sleep. Are we missing important signals to initiate that repair processes prior to sleep? This, of course, we need to check and test it in the mammals because fish are highly, highly sensitive to melatonin. Maybe it's different from fish to mammals, but we never did this experiment. Well, Lior, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about this fascinating study and its implications and what you're going to do next. As we build the story about why we sleep, whether it's macromolecule homeostasis, neuroplasticity, clearance of waste, redox homeostasis, etc., this seems to be perhaps as fundamental as anything else that's been discovered. So really excellent work, and I can't wait to see when your next papers come out. Thank you very much, and thank you for your interest in this work. 
Thanks for listening and come visit us soon at humanos.me.